1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Friends, welcome to another episode of Rev Covery. We are two friends who both have served in ministry, and we're so glad that you uh, and, and no longer. Although I am technically still a reverend, and I still uh, work for the California Pacific Annual Conference on occasion, we are just two people who understand that leaving ministry is a very unique experience. So I'm Sarah Heath, and this is Justin Gentry. And we're just so glad you joined us today. Welcome to the Rev Covery Room. Welcome to the recovery room where it's just the two of us building castles in the sand. No, it's just a two of us. We're just going to, this is what's going to be. It's going to be karaoke. Well, Justin is there today. You guys are welcome. I mean, I've got like a tequila margarita cut water. Have you guys ever had this? Way too strong of alcohol. So I'm just going to put that down. I've not had it. Wow. I almost had a drink. And then I remembered I drank a lot with a friend last night. I was like, maybe. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. So I'm drinking old man herbal tea, echinacea oh, and elderberry. It. It's purple even. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that journey for you. Yeah. The fun part is, uh, so on these episodes, we are, first of all, those of you who have joined our Discord by being Patreon supporters, thank you so much. But also you guys are awesome. It is yeah. the most encouraging conversations that I'm hearing in my life. It is just an incredible group to be around. Justin and I are going to have some announcements coming out soon because we've got some merch ideas that are pretty spectacular. We'll be making that in the Discord, and then we're going to share that with other people. But we are just so grateful for those of you who do that. But because of that, when it's just the two of us that are going to be recording, and we want to do that periodically because, again, it's great to do the interview thing, but it's also, we you know, we had a, a month of just the two of us in the start of all of this. And so folks have asked kind of, can you guys share from your experiences? But also, like, there are some things we'd love for you to talk about. By the way, there's an episode coming up about the Enneagram, guys, because that keeps coming up in our Discord. Like, is there a particular Enneagram that, and if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's a cult. No, I'm just kidding. It feels it's, a little bit like a cult that you join it. once you leave the church. It's fair. And so, <laughs> but this is not what this conversation is about. This conversation sparked from within our Discord a conversation really about what are the things that once you leave ministry, you're able to engage in or experience that once you were a local church pastor, you weren't able to. Yeah, because the, the discussion really came from, I, we talk a lot about the loss and and that's a part of it. I don't want to gloss over the loss or the grief or anything like that, but you also gain quite a bit. And I mean, brunch is one of those things for sure. Sunday brunch is a wonderful thing that, now I get and we to joke enjoy. about that. Yeah, we, we joke, joke about, about it, it, but there's actually lovely bits of that. There's a lot more too. Yeah. There's an entire section of our our Discord conversation called the brunch, where people yeah. just talk about the breakfast items that they're enjoying, which it's a whole thing. But yeah, it's not just brunch. So, so Sarah, what what have you noticed most that you you've gained from 
this time of not being on the minister schedules. Yeah. So it's not just the schedule. I think I was thinking about this as you and I sort of talked about the fact that we were going to talk about this a little bit earlier. And I started thinking about one of the pains I shared with you when we were just friends, like before we started doing this podcast together, was this feeling that I never felt like I could be a person. Right. And so I felt like pastor came before Sarah and every room I entered into, I was entering in with a really unique background story that made me feel isolated. And I was just thinking about how in my life now, I'm a, con- you know, I tell people I'm a consultant and coach, which is true. I am a consultant and coach. So it's not just that I'm telling people that. That is what I do with my life. And I'm an entrepreneur and I can leave it at that. And I don't feel in conversations with meeting new people, I think the thing I've gained is a sense of like, I can talk about spirituality and that sort of stuff in a way that people are much more open with me than they were before. And so I feel like that's a big gaining for me. So when they ask what I do, nothing happens in that immediate moment when I say, oh, I'm a pastor. And then they, then they choose a narrative. Either I'm like super against what you say, or I'm like, I want to like, kind of guard what I say. So I feel like I've gained this ability to be sort of neutral. And I, I, that was the only way I knew how to say that. So I feel like this neutrality is something that I've gained that the, I feel like I'm a person again in a lot of rooms. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the, yeah, your position is not polarizing for people. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Because, and you don't always know what ways it's going to be polarizing for folks, especially when you're in a new place. Or you might even know ahead of time, you know, you're going to a social event or something and people like, oh, hey, so-and-so, like, they really don't like pastors. <laughs> like, you know, or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay. Do I avoid them then? Like, what is the, what's the plan now? So yeah, it, it does create that. And it just, I don't know, sometimes even I noticed it when it was almost like a bell would go off in my head when, you know, I'm, I'm going to a new place to get my hair cut or just, you know, some random, random service, something where they're going to make small talk and ask what you do. It's like that moment hits and you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm a pastor, but not that kind of pastor. I'm a Christian, but not that kind right, of Christian, right. I'm a, you know, and, and now I just get to say, I'm a project manager. If I want, if I want to, I can, I can say, you know, similar things like, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm thinking, you know, I, I work in podcasting, you know, I, I, I have when options I say, now. <laughs> yeah, too. When we say we work in podcasting, it's really fun because we get to say like, what kind of, like, what's your show about? And it's like, oh, it's a, sh- a show for people who are leaving their vocation, in particular, like within the Christian sphere. And yeah, I, I get to, you know, actually the person that cut my hair, like I was telling them about it and they're like, oh, that's interesting. Like it, it kind of creates conversation rather than shuts it down, which is, is very, it's a different feeling for me. And I feel like I have gained a an ability, yeah, to be like what you said, neutral and not polarizing and just, yeah, a person in in a place, you know, having a conversation with someone and there's not that feeling of needing to be on or there's not that feeling of like, does this person think I'm going to witness to them? You know, right. I'm doing an inventory of the cuss words I said before right. this point. Right. Should I confess in this moment? Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of so like, Justin, that's just my first soaking one. that in actually. That's my first one. What about you? What's something you feel like you've gained in this? I I do think, yeah, that ease. um, And I think the personally, the ability to experiment a little bit in my own worldview and my own spirituality, the, the, the ability to try on things and not feel like I am 
betraying my position in some way. Or, or you have to I, land to, somewhere or, by Sunday. I always felt yeah, like I had to yeah, land yeah. somewhere by Sunday. How do I feel about this? I should land somewhere by Sunday. Yeah. Or, or, or I need to, like, every Sunday I have to go back to being, like, an evangelical Christian. <laughs> like, I have to reset. Like, on Monday, I'm going to try this really woo-woo, strange meditation technique, and I'm going to love it all week. And then I get to Sunday, like, no, no, no. I just prayed, whatever. So, so that's nice. And I think it also, and that also, again, creates conversation. I was having beers with a friend last night and we were talking about, you know, spirituality. This is this, I really appreciate this friend because he, I don't know any gram numbers since we're talking about them. He might be something like a four or, you know, he just cuts straight through the bullshit. Like um, five. it could be a five as well. I don't, I don't know, but just very much a like, a person that you know asks you those questions that you're like oh well we're, we're just going there huh and i was talking to him about my my degree and things and so he's like so theology like all theologies that sounds kind of cool i was like oh oh no no we we were limited to the one and only your choices were like pre-trib or post-trib <laughs> you know, like when was jesus coming back oh when's the tribulation yeah i'm telling you uh, heated heated too. debates about that or provenient grace and all that fun john wesley stuff anyway so but that opened up a lot of conversations about you know christianity and his past and so it's it's been really cool he said he told me he read the bible straight through one time just for like just because shits and giggles i was like i was like that's pretty rough read huh he's like yeah and you can say stuff like that now like because i'm you know there are a lot of rough parts of the bible 100 and especially if you're reading cover to cover that, that is a that is a task i've read some pretty dry books before and occasionally the bible is one of them and 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 you can you can make those jokes and you can be honest in that way with people and with yourself too that i find to be very refreshing and and again humanizing i think i feel like that's going to be a theme of this episode is that right. you get to step into just what does it mean to be human what does it mean to just kind of sit in this mystery that is being alive in this moment that's been that's been really cool like, who am I now? It, it's it's cool and it's great, but it's also disorienting. When you have worn a position as a identity, it's very hard when you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like for me, I was like, I'm in my, I'm in my, I just turned 40. I gotta, what? Who am I now? And there's beautiful moments to it, but it's also uncomfortable sometimes, right? Yeah. And I think it's, you kind of go through in some ways, like another adolescence and, and that's okay. I, I think I'm I'm starting to get to the point where it's like I think reinventing yourself every 15 to 20 years is probably normal and we should we should do that. I, you know, I think the idea that the church tends to push and society tends to push it's like you probably should have everything together by the time you're 25, you know? Right. And it's like I don't I don't know that that was ever the case with humans generally. And I just, I don't know that that works, at least in the specific moment we find ourselves in now. And, and yeah, that's there's okay. A great, there's a great book. And I'm going to look for the title because I forgot the name of it. I think it's called Life is in the Transitions. And it's written by a social, like, eth not ethicist, a uh, person who studies sociology, but particular like statistician who looks at all of that and says, basically, like, there is no middle age. There is no... Like it's, it's sort of like we go through these seasons, but they're not necessarily age dependent. So yeah, I think a new adolescence is one way. It's like a, a new figuring out who I am, which is fun. 
I always, I use the example, guys, and it's just a terrible one, but like, go with me. Have I used the runaway bride eggs example with you? No, I have not. I've not heard this. Okay. So in the runaway, runaway bride, which was a Julia Roberts movie from forever ago, she has this moment where she, he asked the journalist who was played by uh, Richard Gere, asked her, how do you like your eggs? And she responds that she likes her eggs a certain way. Well, then for some reason, he, he understands. So this woman's been engaged and run away from the altar like multiple times. So he figures out to ask every person that she's been with, that she's run away from, how does she eat her eggs? And it's always the same way they ate their eggs. So obviously Richard Gere and Julia Roberts fall in love, but they can't be together because guess what she does to him? She runs away. And then she comes back to him. And she says, I had to figure out how I like to eat my eggs, how I like to eat my eggs. And I think that is kind of what the the brunch joke is a little bit applicable here, isn't it? Like, I'm trying to figure out how I like to eat my brunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what that means. Or even like, how do I feel about things when I'm not just towing the line? Yeah. And that's and that allows you to experiment in, in ways that you just couldn't before. And that allows you to come back, I think, home to yourself in ways that you couldn't before. And and I'm I'm five-ish. 2017 was when I left ministry. So it's been a while for me, but I'm still like figuring this out in a lot of ways. And and that's fine. You know, I, th- I think I had a different story and I, we've shared it before because I had to jump straight into another job and straight into just, you know, full-time life. And and that natural tendency you have as a pastor, which is like, I'll get to that later. <laughs> like I still kept doing that for sure. And now it's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. And I will probably still be figuring it out in 20 years. Like, and that's cool. And that I'm okay with that now, I guess. Okay. That, so that's another thing I think we've gained and we've kind of circled around it. having to get to an answer right away. Yeah. There's not that pressure or there's not the, I think in I'm coming mostly from evangelical. Sarah coming comes more from mainline. Mainline, yeah. I'm a mainer, guys. But I think the pressure, at least amongst evangelicals, is like, it's fine to doubt. Man, doubt all you want. But you have to come back to where you were. Because that's that's a great story. Like, you doubted. Oh, God, what, that and, testimony. And, oh, what a great testimony that was. He He almost walked away from the faith on Monday, and now he's back preached on Sunday. <laughs> and... You can make you can make a lot out of that, but it's like now it's like oh I can just not know, and put a pin in it and get back to it when I'm able to do it because I might not be emotionally ready to to deal with whatever it is that's come up, or I might not be you know I might not have the you know capacity to do so, and so it, it allows you to yeah to become who you are. That is that is a beautiful gift, and I I know that maybe this is starting to sound a little woo woo, but it. I think there's just so many pressures on us to fit in whatever box. Well, the thing I loved, even like in the very beginning, was you said something that, and I even remember exactly where I was sitting. I was still working on my trailer and bend, which I'm going to next week, but I was still in my trailer and bend, and we were recording. And you had said this whole idea of there were a lot of things that I put on the I'll get to it later list. And the truth is, is like sometimes you realize like I was really afraid to get to that. It was much easier to distract myself. So yeah, it's a little woo-woo for me to finally like return to myself. But also, we understand that as we say this, that's actually super hard. Yeah, because like, what if you don't like yourself? 
<laughs> like, mm. like what like or aspects of yourself and you're able to hide in ministry a lot you know we've talked about the masks many times and I, I, that you're able to really hide who you are you're able to hide what's important to you you're able to become what people need in that moment i enneagram stuff like i don't i don't know i'm pretty sure i'm a seven but i think pastoral ministry really makes you a three in some ways if you want to be good at it because you just you got yeah, to become the conversation of discord is whatever. everyone's trying to figure out like yeah. how did we get here yeah you got to become what people need and that becomes a reflex so many ways i I remember like talking about like this has been several years ago i'm just like convert i was talking with another pastor friend it's like i feel like i'm a chameleon and i'm good at it like i'm i'm good at this and now i'm like i don't know that i want to be what if i just want to be a pink chameleon and i can you can just do that now and that's that's freeing. it is ring i think the other thing is gaining the ability (laughs) It ha- the hardest thing for me, I would say, is gaining this freedom. Here's what I'm going to, so it's going to sound a little weird, but this idea, like, I still have what I call residual guilt. So when I'm done work, I still have the, I should, I should call someone. I should, do- and I always thought it was because I was extroverted, but I think it's because it used to be a metric in my work. How many people have I called? What have I talked to them about? Like, Right. And so like an end of a day when most people like just hang out with their families, I'm thinking like, how can I, and I'm going to, okay, again with the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram three. So like performance, da, da, da. how do people see you? But like the thing that I am working so hard is to be like, no, you don't have to connect with people. So as an example, one of my best friends moved on Saturday and my other friend flew into town and has been helping with the move. It's been great. My friend who moved is a single mom. And so, you know, and, and I love organizing. If you know me, there's like two sides of me. There's the coaching side of me. And then there's like literally the like organizing and decorating side of me and like redesigning side of me. So my friends love when they move because they'll be like, Sarah, this is the chance. Please redesign my home. And I love it. I love it. But I spent all day on something I really like. I organized her house. And by the end of the night, I had this. I'll call it like residual anxiety. I haven't answered all the texts that people have sent me. I haven't done all that. Almost as if I hadn't met a metric and then slowing my breath down and going, this is no longer my work. It's something I get to choose. And so, yeah, if I didn't answer, this is not a life or death text. I can answer this later. Like stop feeling guilty for enjoying the life you have. And that's a gift I feel like has been because there's no one breathing down my neck saying, Ooh, what did you do with your weekend? And it's funny because at first, like the first, I would say a couple of months, I was like, well, I need to like justify what I'm doing with my weekend. Like I would like post about self-care or something, you know, because it's like, oh, I need to justify every moment of my life. There's a lot of blog posts from Justin circa 2017, 2018. That's like, this is the the theology I'm thinking about now. Like, Oh, you're justifying your time off. Yeah. Like I'm out of ministry, but I'm still minister, you know, I'm still using my brain. Yeah. So I'd say I gained that the less, I guess, guilt about free time. Because you're the one paying for your free time. I think, I I think there is a certain amount of like these people have pooled their resources together to give me a paycheck. And I mean, and, that. I really and, appreciate it. Yeah. And it, it it's, it's a gift. It is a gift. And my last couple of years in ministry, I lived in a parsonage. So it's like people like pretty much they owned everything about me. 
Um, and yeah, that pressure to be like, okay, I'm going to go out to, to a movie or something, but like I'm spending these people, their money to. Cause they own every moment of my life. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you can always go back and it's like, no, I earned this. This is my paycheck. This is my money now. But there's still that like in it's your head. Weird... Well, because you go to like a conference or whatever, and it's like the weirdest, like struggle Olympics competition of. I haven't had a day off in four years. And everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> Man, they really work hard. They really work hard for that time. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Yeah, I work 80 hours a week. No, you don't. Like, I'm I mean, sorry. I did for a while, but anyway. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you do. Like, yeah, yeah. We can talk about time. I was, I was just texting with a friend of mine who's still a pastor. And like, I was just, I was just remembering things. I was like, I remember like every Wednesday, I would work from probably 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. regularly. Like, that was just my schedule. And, you know, my day off was Friday, but, in youth ministry like i just need everyone Friday to hear that not, my day off my single day off and usually i would you know i wouldn't be busy on saturday necessarily but like sunday that's a marathon and so yeah it's just like i get a single day off and at least one to two days a week i'm putting in 12 hours easily on just a single day it's like yeah i don't miss so, that i mean people do that people do that yeah. but i think it's the guilt about time that we've been able to like go of and it's the sense of like autonomy in time yeah and and it's even just the like those high performance moments of you know that 12 hour day after i've worked maybe 10 of that like now i got to give a speech <laughs> you know <laughs> like oh like this is this is so wild uh this this thing that i do and i and i and i wouldn't have done it so long if i didn't enjoy it i I wouldn't say I miss the adrenal fatigue, but my the type A part of me does miss the that constant stress. My really? AD, well, in the sense that I think my ADHD was more managed because I was I constantly had deadlines. And when you don't have that, you're like, oh, wow, I really do have ADHD. I just had a very high stress deadline to focus on constantly. I never so, thought about that, but you're right. So, so I think from a mental health perspective, you know, I, I my mental health is much better. But I, I, I got new struggles, but they were in those new struggles was new revelations about myself. Like, oh, like I thrived in this job because I'm neurodivergent, and the adrenaline and embarrassment most people feel when they're public speaking, I like. I don't feel. Get, I get, I either don't feel or I kind of get high off of Whoa, it. Now you're so reaching. that's why I was good at this. And, and I, I was not to toot my own horn, but I but, was very good at it. Well, don't toot anyone else's horn. Yeah, that's I won't, you need well, to have a consent to toot anyone else's horn. Well, I will always ask before I toot someone else's horn, but <laughs> and when tooting my own horn, I just do that. So yeah, 
that's that's nice. He felt like you were strong in the. The other thing I think that I've gained, and this has more to do with anyone who's left any vocation, I've gained the respect of people around me in a weird way. Friends of mine who knew that I was really comfortable have been like, oh, you really let go of comfort. And it humanized me in a way that I don't think they'd seen me before because all I knew how to do was achieve and win. And for me to say, I can't do it anymore, they trust me in a different way. And I don't have language for that totally yet, but I feel like it, again, humanized me. (laughs) But I feel like it made people trust that when I say I love to do something, I really love to do it. I feel like it made my friends respect me because now when they're thinking about quitting their job, I'm the person they call. Or when life feels big or huge, I'm the person, you know, I feel like there's just so much to be gained within that space that we don't always talk about. I think there is that. And I think anytime you make a big leap of some kind, it, it does create this certain amount of credibility in you. They're like, oh, this, this person really, this person like actually puts their money where their mouth is in many ways. Right. You've given so many good talks and now you're actually living that out. Right. Yeah. Because I think I've given so many talks about like living into your story and whatever it might be, but I wasn't living into mine. And and that's easy to do too. Like you, you realize that, yeah, you've been, you, in some ways you were preaching to yourself and you didn't know it. Oh, sometimes I knew it. I'd be like, fudge, this is the thing I need to hear. Like, yeah, this is so good. These people need to hear it. And I do too. And I don't want to hear it. (laughs) So... So I'm going to give it to you. I'll let you guys sit with that hot potato. I, I, oh my gosh, sit with the hot potato. Yeah, I I will just leave that with you. Yeah, totally. I've done that before. Yeah, I think, and I guess the word that I, I'm surprised at is maybe because the gift that we like gained that we thought, like we were, like people trusted us before. And I think I was so afraid I would lose that trust, but it's even gained even more where people trust, I think. I mean, from all the coaching I'm doing, which has been, I just cannot even believe the clients. They're amazing. And I feel so honored to be able to like sit with them and sit with their story. But I feel like it's because they know that I like jumped off of something without having somewhere to land. And that's, and that's, that's a, it's a good story. And I don't, I don't suggest that everyone can do it, but I think that when you are able to have integrity with yourself, you know, and, and my story, my story was different in that, you know, I was let go against my will, but it was because I was, you know, not going to, I had integrity to say like, no, like, I feel like our, our LGBTQIA brothers and sisters, etc. I think I was like, they deserve a seat at the table. And if you're going to fire me over that, yeah, it's not even a question. It's not even a question. Deserve a seat at the table, like at the table, right? Yeah. 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 And if you're going to fire me over that, then fine, do that because I'm, I'm not going to, this isn't something I'm going to change my mind on. And it can be, and it doesn't have to be that, you know, we we're in a historical moment right now where I think there are going to be a lot of, you know, I hope there are a lot more pastors that feel the need that are having to choose now between my integrity, my mental health, and this job. And that's, it's scary. You know, Sarah and I represent kind of different parts of that spectrum, but it, it's, it is scary. Absolutely. That's important for both of us that I think we joke around and we've been called influencers. That's a hint to the merchandise we're going to put out later. But I feel like we, we don't take it lightly. 
No. That we understand that what we did is difficult for people to do. And it's not such something someone wakes up and it's not easy. And we don't want to like pretend to like stand on this side of it and be like, come on over. Yeah. And it's also like we'd pushed ourselves to burn out as well. You know, so That's it's fair. not, it wasn't like a, oh, wow, we're just so amazing and so great. We're just going to walk right off this and then land. Like it was, yeah, no, it, it is, a, it's a leap and you're going to get cuts and scrapes, but it, it is worth it. Well, and you gain something on the other side because you were able to be yourself fully. Like the idea that LGBTQIA people aren't included. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how to start a conversation in that. And so, of course, I have to choose because it's a choice, right? You, you either choose to keep going or for me, like it, I was lucky. My my inclusion wasn't necessarily a problem within my own local area. But I'll tell you what, I lost a lot of speaking engagements because of what I believe. Believe, not even what I believe. Like, I, I hate that word as if it's like some sort of fairy tale. Like, I believe in like LGBTQIA people exist. No, like they do. So. Yeah. And I think that even being able to drop that language of belief in some ways and simply be like, this is who I am. Like there isn't a, I'm not like, my life does not revolve around a set of beliefs that I assent to over and over again. And I, you know, say the liturgy and I sing the songs and I preach the sermons based on this, like these boxes that I've checked that dropped off real fast for me. And that bot, the, the checking the boxes is not a human thing. We are much more complex than that. I, our, yeah, 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 yeah. Layered. Our ability to balance multiple things that are, that are contradictory and, but also true at the same time is, is vast. And because the world is that way. And I think just my ability to take in the world increased so much. And, and with that comes emotional capacity. It comes awe, comes beauty, comes, comes empathy and compassion. And, you know, if you're going to do the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, all of these things <laughs> I love follow that after that. that, after that moment, when you're not constricted by, hey, did you check all these boxes? And if you check all these boxes, you're in the God club. And I, I'm just not about that anymore. And it is so freaking liberating. And that's where this whole conversation started from. So what happened was that you had a profound moment where someone came to you with a really big thing within their own, like, hey, I'm finally coming out. And you were able to sit with them in a way that you could not have sat with them before. And they would not have brought that to you. And you mentioned it in our Discord. And so many people responded, nobody talks about the things we gain because we get so stuck with the things we've lost that that was why this whole what have we gained episode happened. And I would love to hear from other people, like, what have you gained? Or what are you hoping to gain as you consider this? Like, what's that thing that when you think about, if I step out of this thing that I thought was my definition, what am I hoping to gain? I think, I think that is a good way to frame the question even. Because it is very easy to inventory the losses and, and they're real. Because they're real. They're real. But I also think, you know, there is, there's cost, but there's also benefit. And you're not going to always be able to assess the benefits right off the bat. Spoken like a true project manager. Yeah. Cost benefit analysis right there. That's, I, that's not a world I ever thought I would be in either. Like that's, I always told myself, oh, I'm bad at spreadsheets. 
well, I actually I'm pretty good at those two in in typical Enneagram Seven fashion. I can I can pick up. You got to gamify that ju- junk. You, you, you got to gamify, you gamify that it. Junk. And and also most complex corporate problems have already been solved by someone on YouTube. <laughs> also, my Airstream problems. So yeah. Like most problems I would say have already been solved by someone on YouTube. The number of YouTube videos that I have learned my job, but also home improvement, DIY projects, gardening, you name it. Oh, like 100. Yeah. So whereas I used to look to the Bible for all the answers. Oh, shut up. Not for home improvement. (laughs) That was not where. Lord builds the foundation, Sarah. Oh, dear Um, God. (laughs) You put it on sand? Have you put it on sand? Yeah. Is this house built on sand? No. Right. I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> I just feel like there is such a breath too of like the scary part of figuring it out or the like the the scary part is really followed by the figuring out who you actually are part. And then the delighting in who you actually are part. So for you to come to our group in Discord and say like, hey, I got to have this experience that I wouldn't have been able to have, but this is actually who I am. And when I was not that Justin, I was living, not a living a lie, but I was living closeted is not even the right word, but like I was living separate from my integrity. And now I just get to show up as Justin, how I actually feel. And that's a game. And sometimes it's going to feel scary because guess what you got to do? Figure out how you actually feel. You don't have the, you know, the guardrails in some ways to that tell you this is who you are. And, and that's to me, that's adulthood in a lot of ways is figuring out like, okay, like the guardrails are off. You're an adult, like adulting. And we, we like use that term adulting as like, a, Oh, I got an adult. I got to pay the bills. I know. And it's like such a terrible word, but yes, I get yeah, what you're saying. But I'm also like, like adulting can also be really fun because you, you can just kind of, you, you get to make it up. You get to, you get to make your life up now in some ways. Which is both exciting and exhilarating and absolutely terrifying because we enjoy the guardrails sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, I, again, like just the ability, the capacity that you gain when you step out into something different and new is, um, it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's the whole reason we do this. So, friends, is there anything else that you want to share about gaining? Because I, I mean, we joke about being able to brunch, but the reality is today I got to go to lunch with two of my best friends. And I got to talk to them about things that were life-giving and energetic. And it felt like church in a different sort of way. And I feel like it's a joke that we make, but it's something that actually feels really profound to me to not be rushing my friends and rushing our conversations and not be hurrying around. Like I used to just, I was always, I'm still chaotic because I have ADHD, but I'm not as hurried or chaotic as I used to be. Anything else you want to add, Justin, as we close out? No, No, this this, this this was wonderful. Yeah, I would love for folks to share with us, whether you're part of our Discord or not, just like, what are things you've gained or what are the things you hope to gain? Like I said earlier, because I think as we hear, I think there's going to be some common patterns. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining us, friends. Thanks. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Recovery. Sarah and I, we had a great time just talking about the benefits of this new phase of life that we find ourselves in. As we said earlier in the episode, we talked so much about the grief and the pain and the loss, and those are real things, but 
we also gain so much. And that is a conversation that I am increasingly interested in having. If you are a person that wants to have that conversation more with us and more with some like-minded people, I do want to remind you that we do have a Discord community that you can access via our Patreon page, patreon.com slash revcovery, and you can become a part of that community from there. Also, if coaching is something that you are interested in, Sarah is currently taking clients and you can reach out to her regarding that. Also, if you're a person that just is very interested in coaching as a thing and supports it and finds that to be fascinating, uh, Sarah does have a donation page available on the Soul Leader website. Just find Sarah's name and you can click donate if you just want to donate to help subsidize some of her costs so that more people can get that. I'll have links to that in the description. Also, that is uh, something that I'm exploring as well, uh, working on possibly getting certification and things. So if you're wanting to work with me, that will be available shortly. So for this week, typically we do a poem uh, at the end here, but this week I wanted to do a quote. We've done a couple quotes and uh, this quote is from Alan Alda of all people. For those of you that maybe don't know who Alan Alda is, he's most famous for his role as Hawkeye in the show MASH. If you don't know what any of that is, you're probably were born after the year 2000. But it was very much a beloved show. He's a beloved actor. And it, it was between a couple different quotes. And this one, I felt, just really hit what we were trying to discuss on the head. So I'm going to say the quote, and then I'll unpack it a little bit for us. At times, you have to leave the city of your comfort and go into the wilderness of your intuition. What you'll discover will be wonderful what you'll discover is yourself. And I like that because it captures a lot of this journey in the sense that you have to leave the city of your comfort. And that is scary and that is painful and that can sometimes feel very destructive. Uh, But what you will discover will be wonderful and you will find more and more of yourself. And I think life, we tend to want to think it's this, you know, we're trying to find this destination. And as cliche as it may sound, it is a journey. It is a journey of becoming. Becoming the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And rising to whatever the occasion is. And what I hope for us as we continue to journey together in this recovery space is that we can encourage you and empower you and coach you and walk alongside you as you leave that city of comfort and journey into your intuition, wherever that is leading you. And we hope to open your eyes to what can be wonderful. And I think that is that is a journey worth taking. It's, it's something that I have found such great rewards from. And we want that for you as well. So may you journey out of the city this week and into the wilderness, and may what you find be wonderful. Thanks, my friends. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. 
It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.